Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 26th of June 2022. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week Paul's looking at another key truth, unity requires love. And the reading is Matthew chapter 22 verses 34 to 40. So we'll go and join Paul as he's introducing the service. Good morning and welcome to Minehead Baptist Church. Welcome if this is your first time here, I say it every Sunday. And welcome if it's your millionth time here. And I guess that means since we're all at least at one end or the other of that or somewhere in between, a big welcome to you. You're part of a church family. We'd love to know more about you. We'd love to catch up with with you, share a tea or a coffee with you after the service. So please come and share some tea and coffee later on. This morning's notices are as per the notice sheet that you've either had electronically or you've had in paper. If you'd like to receive that electronically, can you let the church office know? And there are two other notices. The first is to remind you that this Friday, that's the 1st of July at 2.30, in the lounge we have our monthly open doors prayer meeting. Come along, actually. Be inspired by what God is doing with our persecuted brothers and sisters throughout the world. It's amazing stories of God's grace and how God acts that we've shared month after month after month. So that's 1.30. This Friday, if you want to know more, speak to myself or indeed to Roy. 2.30. Did I say 1.30? If you come at 1.30, you've got an extra, you are blessed by having an extra hour to pray <laughs> by yourself. But 2.30 is, sorry. And secondly, and most importantly, to say our program leaflet is now available. There are paper copies at the entrances. You've also, many of you, received this electronically. I'm going to remind you that we put this together, but things are subject to change. Okay, so just keep an eye on it. But one thing that is in here, okay, right at the end of August in here, although the date may well change, it says baptism service at the beach. We are planning, friends, to have a service where we go onto the beach and we witness to the town as we baptise. That's my call to say, if you want to know more about baptism, or you want to find out more about that service, or God is prompting you in any way, can you speak to myself, or to Richard, or to Mark, or to any one of the leaders that you know, and we would love to talk with you. Not that we want to shoehorn you into being baptised but that we'd love you to respond to the Lord's call to baptism. So come and find us. Now, I want to say that's exciting times, but it means we've all got to work together to do that. So if, between now and then, we come and approach you, it might well be, can you do us a favour? If you could, that would be excellent. Because all of that is true, but it's also true to say we've come together this morning to worship our amazing Lord. A Lord of love and grace and peace and truth. A Lord that simply is in control. So I invite you in this moment of silence before Lorraine leads us, just to bring yourself before your Lord. Good morning, my church family. It's good to be with you this morning. Um, We're going to be looking at the same almost as last week about loving each other. Uh, Paul felt that he needed to bring um, the sermon that he did last week at Church at Four here this week to us. So um, usually um, when I'm preparing to lead, God gives me verses and uh, themes to actually speak to you about. Now, he's given me music, and he's only given me one verse. And it's a difficult verse. And this is the verse he's given me. It's Matthew 18, 18. I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I think on my heart this morning, 
We need as a church, maybe as a town, to understand that there is a battle going on and that there are things that would stop us from not only loving our Lord, but loving each other as he has told us to do. So before we worship this morning, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that prayer. And if you join me in that prayer, would you say amen at the end? Father God, I pray for us as a church family this morning, however we have come, I pray against anything that would bind us from seeing the truth. I bind any spirit that is here this morning that would stop us loving you or try to stop us. I also bind any spirit of apathy or any spirit that would try to tell us that we are not loved by you. In Jesus' name, I bind. And I ask the Holy Spirit to fill this place and anoint each one this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, if we're young, if we're old, if we're laughing, if we're grieving, for every season we're in, let us choose to stand and let us praise the one true God this morning. <coughs> Amen. Amen. still limping mark oh dear i'd like to say it was a sports injury it's not right before i start two notices okay the first one is this thursday night the girls brigade quiz i've had a few little messages and a few concerned people when i mentioned the word taskmaster Okay? Don't worry. Okay? It's still a, it's a normal quiz. There will be normal rounds and there will be different rounds. But you won't have to get off your chair around your table. Okay? That's the, the thing. You, you won't have to go chasing around after things. Um, and that sort of thing. But there will be different sorts of rounds in this quiz. So if you would like to come and you've got a team of four and six, brilliant. If you'd like to come and you've got no friends, all right, and you're on your own, please come because you can make friends. Because we'll put you into a different team and things like that. That'll be really good. It's only a pound, okay? But we're going to have a donation bowl for paper money, okay, for anything like that. So please come on Thursday. There will be, there will be refreshments we're not going to call it light refreshments because there will be no sandwiches, but there will be tea, coffee, chocolate biscuits, maybe Kit Kats, Ooh, maybe wagon wheels, right? and there will be prizes. Okay, so that's Thursday at 7.30 here in the hall for the Girls' Brigade quiz. Please come, it's going to be a laugh. I can promise you that. Okay? And then the next question, um, sorry, next notice. Um, does anyone re recognise a young lad who's been coming for about three years? He normally sits around the middle, and when he starts singing, he sings his little heart out. Yes. That's Ned. Ned, yes. okay? Ned from Foxes. He came before lockdown and was part of our youth band for a little bit, and then lockdown happened, and then he's been coming regularly ever since. He's graduating in July oh. from Foxes and moving off to Cornwall to study at Truro college to do drama and performing oh. arts we'd like to say thank you and congratulations to ned okay so we've i've we've bought him a bible okay to say thank you we're going to give it to him next week okay so this today after you finish could you all come in the hall and just sign it from my ned baptist church because he's loved being part of us and i've loved having him part of our 
church family. It's been brilliant. So if you can just come and sign your name on the Bible, that would be fantastic for Ned for next week. Um, if you see Ned, don't tell him. It's a surprise, okay? Right? That'll be good. Right then. Very quickly. I have to say that when the, when the minister uses the same Bible verse, all right, what, two weeks in a row, all right, it's a bit tricky. They might be able to talk for 50 minutes to an hour on the same subject. Um, I can't, but I've managed it this week. Okay? I've managed it. Um, the only problem is you've probably heard this one before. Okay? So here we go. Who likes rules? Edward likes rules. Who likes rules? Okay, oh, Chris likes rules. Okay, rules are really important. Okay, really important. What sort of rules do you think we have to abide by? Go on, Sam. Pardon? Listen. Sit quietly and listen. Okay, that's a good rule. Okay, any other rules? Ted. Not sure? Come back to me in a minute. Any other rules? Go on, Timber. Do your chores. Where's Ellie? Has Ellie heard that one? Hey, okay. Jason? Yeah. All right. Be respectful of others. I think that one is Jason. Be respectful. Um, the name's gone. William. Hey. Don't jump into a volcano. If you're walking by a volcano, that's a really good rule. All right? It's a really good rule to do. Absolutely. Don't jump into a volcano. Okay? Right? As a teacher, okay, as a, a primary school teacher, we used to have classroom rules. And we used to have them at the front. All right? A real list of things that you're supposed to do. Okay? Because it wasn't all don'ts, don'ts, don'ts. It was things that were good rules as well. And one of my favourite was to love and respect each other. That was one of my favourite rules. And again, in the Bible, the same reading we had last week, it says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. Rules are important. God sent us lots of rules. He sent Moses lots of commandments. But Jesus said these were the two most important. So that's our simple talk today. Just love each other again. But love your neighbour. We talked about that in youth club, who our neighbour was. And it wasn't Mrs Brown who lives next door. It was all of us. Even if we didn't like the person, we still needed to love them and respect them. So the same as in classrooms. We're supposed to get on with everyone. Look after each other. It's the same within our church. Okay, have we got another song around? We have indeed. We're going to be singing Your Love is Amazing, Steady and Unchanging. And sometimes we can get hurt when other people's love isn't that steady and unchanging love. But we have a Lord who never tells us fibs, who never changes and is firm beneath our feet. And during this song, we're going to take up our offering now, if you're a visitor here or haven't come prepared, don't worry. Just let this pass you by because this is a love gift from this church. If you want to give us a gift, that's fine. But please don't feel you have to. And towards the end of this song, our young people are going to be uh, leaving us and going out to their part of the service. So don't forget as they go past to bless them and bless their leaders. So your love is amazing. The subject we're looking at today is love and perhaps we can begin by looking at love, its characteristics 
and repenting for our failures in this regard. I'm going to read an amended version of the description of love, which we'll all know, and after each phrase there will be a pause while we reflect on those occasions when we have fallen short and to bring to God specific failures, and also to thank him when we have reflected those characteristics. It's pause will be about 10 to 15 seconds. I am patient. I am kind. I do not boast. I am not proud. I am not rude. I am not self-seeking. I am not easily angered. I keep no record of wrongs. I do not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. I always protect. I always trust. I always hope. I always persevere. I never fail. We confess we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Thank you that when we confess our sins, you are faithful and just and forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us pray for the church. Heavenly Father, we pray for Minehead and the surrounding areas. Thank you that you love this area and the people in it. Thank you for its beauty and peace. But Lord, we know that for many there are clouds on the horizon of debt, war, ever-increasing prices of fuel, food and the necessities of ordinary life. That lives here can be full of anxiety, doubt, fear and confusion. And that many seek you but are looking in the wrong places. May the light of your love and hope fill this place. Fill this church with your love and light that we may be a beacon of hope in what are increasingly desperate times. Help us to serve this community with love and grace that we might glorify you and bring honour to your name. We pray for your protection as we seek to dispel the darkness and calm the storms in your name. For we know that the battle is against spiritual forces and strongholds. But we also know that you have won the victory and that you are God Almighty, the light of the world, and nothing can stand against you. Amen. And we pray for the world outside the church. Lord, we pray for those whose attitudes, beliefs, appearance and behaviour we judge, fear and exclude. We pray against our attitudes and lift up to you those who are homeless, stateless, refugees and asylum seekers, those with problems with addictions, those whose sexuality we find uncomfortable. 
those who are hungry, those who struggle to make ends meet for themselves and their families, those in slavery in this country and locally, those who fear the future. And Lord, we pray also for the wider world, this crucible of pain and glory. We lift up to you those many areas where there's conflict. Eritrea and Ethiopia, Israel and Gaza, Mexico and the drug war there, Nigeria, Ukraine, Yemen. We lift up those many areas where there are desperate needs and where famine stalks a land. We remember Afghanistan, Lebanon, and the Middle East generally. We lift up those areas where there is oppression and state-sponsored violence. And we remember Myanmar and China. Lord, these places and others are places of appalling need. So we silently, together, bring some of those needs to you. We pray for your people in those places, for the struggling church, for the persecuted church, for the triumphant church, that they will be empowered and protected by you and responsive to you so that they may demonstrate your love. And Lord, in this time, we consider again your words and seek your empowering love. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Then the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Lord, may your love working in us transform us and make these prayers more than words. Amen. Amen. On behalf of us all, I want to thank um, Chris and John for those prayers um, so deep. And I think, like me, they will have touched your heart. And the new song that we're going to sing, we're going to sing now. Um, you can sit if you want to, you can stand, um, but I hope you'll learn it with me. And if, if you don't, then just look at the words Beyond this lifetime, beyond the darkness, there's light. Your cross is shining, so people, open your eyes. Sometimes we come to church not expecting to meet our living Lord. Not expecting him to touch the sore parts of our lives. Have you been hurt by the church? In the past, are you sitting comfortably on the sidelines now? The next verse says, These chains are breaking, your love is shaking 
us free. That's not a gentle act. Jesus is coming to shake us free. A great awakening. We are the world's hope. Let us shine from this place so that all may look up and see the cross stands above it all. Beyond this lifetime, beyond this darkness, there's light. Your cross is shining. We come to our Bible reading, and usually we have this on the screen. But today, we are not going to have the Bible reading on the screen. And what I'm going to ask you to do is to sit and close your eyes and listen. Because in our house group, we were talking about the difference between listening and hearing. Now, I'm sure that Paul listens to me all the time. But does he, does he hear what I'm saying? And it can be so easily the same for us. Specifically, if it's a, a Bible reading we well know. But this morning, let us shut our eyes and hear what God is saying to us as individuals and as a church. Let us hear and know God's word. We read from Matthew 22, starting at 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, The Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law And the prophets hang on these two commandments. Amen. Father God, we just pray for Paul now. We pray that you will give him the words you want spoken. That he may stand and open his mouth so that we may learn from you. May all of him be stripped away that you may teach your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you to Lorraine and for the, to the group for leading us in worship. Um, and thank you to all of those of you that were part of Church at Four when I told you that I couldn't escape and that sense of spiritually escape, the reality that what was being shared that afternoon needed to be shared with the church. And I thank all of you that were there that came up afterwards and went, Amen, Amen, and Amen. You've been part of this morning, part of the journey, part of the story. Now, about three weeks ago, I stood here and I said, as a man over 30, um, <laughs> I, would, I, I, I no longer, Lord, did I want to be fed on spiritual milk. But I longed to be fed on spiritual Solid food. Friends, if this church is serious about being, uh, going down that route and, and actually wanting, being fed on spiritual solid food, then that place where that will take place is called the place of unity. I know of no church that's divided that has that sense of growing spiritually. Because the enemy has his way with the division, doesn't he? 
Lord, may we be fed spiritual, solid food. Now, I nearly did this, but I discovered that if I uh, went into even Poundland, other shops are available, and I bought you all a notebook and a pen, it would actually cost me a lot of money. So I haven't done this, so you're going to use an imaginary notebook this morning. But if I was to ask you all, without reference, to write down scriptures and give you a blank notebook and a pen and said, write as many as you could remember. Okay. I'm going to suggest that for many of us, and probably all of us, one of the scriptures we would write down is the one that we heard this morning. Love the Lord. The simple, profound, powerful, spirit-filled, awesome, prophetic words, aren't they? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. It is so easy to stand here, to stand in church, to be a church member and to say we want to grow together in Christ. We want to express real unity And then fail to understand that we have a role and a responsibility if that's what we really want. And that role and responsibility is to love as these verses require us to love. It's a shame, and I'm not saying it's this church, but it's a shame the number of times over the years as a minister I have heard, Lord, Paul, I really want this church to grow. And by the way, did you know about Fred? Friends, in order to show you this morning, I must confess. Here's the confession. I stand before you a proud Trekkie. Now, in case you wonder what a Trekkie is, that's a Star Trek fan. But not the original William Shatner one, but the 1990s versions and the 2000s, New Generation and Voyager. And if you haven't a clue what I mean, don't worry, it's not important. The one thing you need to know about Star Trek is that every time the crew of the USS Enterprise go on a five-year mission, which incidentally seems to last many more years, every time they're sent out by Starfleet, and still don't worry if you don't follow me, they're sent out with a prime directive. And the prime directive is this, that you don't disturb any alien race you meet who's not technologically advanced. In other words, you don't disturb their development Or they're not so advanced that they don't understand quite how friendly human beings are when they turn up. And if the captain of the ship breaks every other single rule, but does nothing else, the one rule they must not break is the prime directive. Every Trekkie on the face of the planet would know what I mean if I said, Jesus gives his church here our prime directive. It's the one thing... On which everything else hangs. If you don't believe me, have you ever been in a church that doesn't love? I'll leave a question mark. Love. Now, the religious leaders of Jesus' day had boiled down the truths of the Old Testament into no less than 613 commands and rules. Why 613? I've absolutely no clue. And incidentally, how anyone can keep up with that many, I've no idea either. It was, however, common for them to debate which of the commands were more or less significant. Not that any could be ignored, but some were obviously more important than others. Different rabbis had different thoughts about which might be the greatest. So we've been really generous, we'd say. It made sense that Jesus would be asked his opinion of that topic. However, it's clear in the reading that Lorraine gave us that the Pharisee here is questioning Jesus. And his point was not looking for truth, but looking for trouble. Have you ever been like that in church? You don't really want truth. What you really want is trouble. 
Verse 34 says this. Here, in that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. Now, I love English, but in the Greek, it's brilliant. When you realize what the Greek says, this is what the Greek says. Hearing that Jesus had muzzled the Sadducees. What a great word, muzzled. It's got an image, hasn't it? More than just silenced them, he'd muzzled them. He'd left them speechless. And it was at this point that the Pharisees decided they'd better take over. Because maybe they could twist whatever answer he gave them into something that sounded like he was denouncing scripture or some part of it. Pharisees had gotten really good at obeying the law. They had those 613 commands scrutinized, memorized, codified and analyzed. They obeyed them scrupulously. But Jesus' point is profound, I feel. He's saying that they're not obeying God because they love him. They obeyed God instead of loving him. They substituted legal adherence of their outward behavior for loving God with their heart, soul and mind. What would it look like if this morning you wholly, totally loved God with all your heart, your soul, your mind and your strength? And I want you to look at the person next to you. Oh, there's not many people doing that. Not brave many. Look at the person next to you. Or if you can't do that, look at the pastor. What would it be like if you loved the person next to you or you loved me this morning in the same way? What would happen in this church? I tell you what would happen. All heaven would break loose. And the reality is we must love like that. And Jesus' answer is significant and power and it disturbs because it takes hold of you and me and it says it's not what about what you achieve. It's all about Jesus Christ. I say disturbing because still children come to me and say, Paul, it was brilliant when you knocked down the walls. Do you remember that? Because if this church is ever to fulfill its mission to knock down the walls, to go out and reach its community, to be among the people of minehood, then we must love as Jesus requires us to love in this passage, to love God, to love others, and yes, to love yourself, and nothing else will do. Disturbing, because let's be honest, there's only just you and me and a few hundred on YouTube. We can never love like that in our own strength, we'd say. We might say we love God all the time, but do we really love him when we're sinning? As for loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. See the problem is Paul. You don't know them all yet. And the ones you don't know. Me I'm fine. Nothing wrong with me. But everybody else. And I might get away with loving them sometimes. But all the time. That's impossible. And even then if you think that's possible Paul. What about loving myself? You don't understand. Jesus couldn't possibly have meant what he said. Could he? He doesn't understand. I need time off, me time, so I don't have to meet his high standards. I've got to tell you, there's another bit of confession coming. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up if you've done this or been this, because I don't want to single you out, but I will single myself out. Friends, I have had to attend a speed awareness course. Good to be amongst the brethren. <laughs> a speed awareness course. You know the courses when you go above the speed limit. In my case, <laughs> it's absolutely true. I was on my way to, um, I was in, we was in the heart of England at the time. I was on my way to a, an association event. And I got caught doing 47 in a 40 mile an hour limit. That's absolutely true. How about that then? But I remember the course. And I remember it for two reasons. The first was the, the chap running the course said he was stunned at how many people did 31 in a 30 mile an hour limit and got caught. His point being, that was not the truth. And secondly, he talked about tailgating. Do you know tailgating? 
And he said, who here has been tailgated? And everyone's hand went up. And he said, who here has tailgated someone else? And everyone's hand went down. (laughs) And he basically said this. You can't expect others to be held to the same standards you want unless you hold yourself to the same standard. And that was about my driving. And let's be honest, I've not got slower. Incidentally, please don't tell anyone what my car... (laughs) But the truth is, of course, that's true, isn't it? How possibly, how on earth dare we say to others, we want you to love us if we're not prepared to love ourselves? How does that work? Well, Jesus says it doesn't. And in this picture, Jesus, in this scripture rather, Jesus makes no exception. It says nothing like love God, but take a break if you need to. Nothing like love your neighbour except when there's a debate about ethics or church doctrine or what sort of music worship we should have. It says nothing like take time from loving yourself when you need you time. Jesus doesn't give us that option. This is a whole life, all the time, commandment. This is love. True love makes no attempt to calculate how little can be done for the beloved. True love thinks of how it might give more, how it might do more, how it might demonstrate love more fully. A pastor wrote on a a pastor's blog where you can go and get stories of all sorts of uh, things from across the world. He wrote this of two people in his church. This newlywed couple, he wrote, was struggling with debt as their first Christmas together drew near. While their friends bought each other big, expensive gifts, they'd agreed to exchange gifts that didn't cost any money, that didn't cost, didn't, sorry, take any money or anything from their bank account. The woman recalls, a hundred times I forced myself not to buy the perfect jacket for Peter, but she kept her promise. On Christmas morning, she found a large packet on the kitchen table. But you promised you wouldn't spend any money on me, she said angrily. With a big grin, her husband answered, I didn't, not one penny instead what he'd done is he'd sold his childhood stamp collection his most cherished possession and then out of love he'd bought her a blender (laughs) now the wife was moved to tears not because he bought a blender fact in her own words she didn't even want a blender (laughs) she's moved to tears because her husband had sacrificed something that was precious to him in order to give something to his wife. Not only that, but in her own words, the grin on his face showed that the sacrifice had been gladly made. He wasn't thinking, you better love that blender. I gave up my stamps for it. He was happy just to give to her, his beloved. Her words again. This is what she prayed that night. Thank you, Lord, for making us poor. Otherwise, I'd never know how rich I am. Poor in pocket, but rich in love. God wants to be in that sort of love relationship with you, and he wants us to be in that sort of love relationship with each other. It is that simple. Where we love each other honestly, openly, deeply, and entirely where we love each other with all we have, not love each other with just enough so that we can get away with it. This passage of scripture, friends, is revolutionary because if you and I do this, if we love God, love each other, and even yes, dare to love ourselves, then everything changes. Why is it, to think, that we don't see people, the people in Minehead, flocking into churches in this town Sunday by Sunday? Why doesn't that happen? Don't we have enough workers to go into the harvest field? Is Bristol Baptist College doing a poor job training Richard? Are they using techniques that could be improved? What what on earth is going on? This is what Paul says. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. 
The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. If we want to see people in Minehead saved for the Lord, then what counts is not how we worship or what doctrines we can or cannot agree on. What counts is not whether we run the most amazing programs, or even, dare I say, whether the pastor is young and handsome, praise the Lord, but rather what will count is our attitude of love towards God and towards one another, and if you think this is getting at you, it is. But I pray it's not me that's getting at you, but God. Because that's how he wants to love. And that's how he wants you to love. I was talking to someone about their neighbour. And they asked me if I'd be prepared to go and have a word with them about church. We arranged for me to go around for a coffee. You all know I'm a coffee drinker. They told me that several times they reminded this neighbour of how we love each other and how we care for each other. And yet, every time they spoke to them, they seemed to get nowhere. They'd even invited them to church once, but that didn't work out. They pray for them daily, but nothing seems to be happening. And, so it seemed to me, they decided out of a sense of pure desperation to call the pastor. This was their last and best hope. It was one of those moments in life when, for a moment... Unusually, I'll put that in so that you know. I said nothing. And I just sort of stared into my coffee cup. If I'm being honest, I think that disturbed them a bit, probably more than I realised, because it wasn't long out of concern for me. They said, are you all right? It was then, without even thinking about it, sort of out of nowhere, I simply asked them to describe what had happened when they'd invited their neighbour to church. Well, when they'd invited the neighbour to church, actually, to come with them to church, initially the neighbour had said yes. And they'd got out a diary to plan a date. But it soon became apparent that they couldn't fix a date. My question, why? Well, they looked at the next few weeks and there were some Sundays the neighbour couldn't do and some that they couldn't do. My question, why? They then followed a long list of reasons why they needed to do this with their family and couldn't go on that Saturday or on one Sunday Sunday each month as it happens. They didn't come to church anyway because, quote, they shared a cooked breakfast together as a family and couldn't make the time of the service. They needed family time. The list went on and on and on. They'd shared that with their neighbour Desperately, in their words, trying to find a Sunday. And eventually the neighbours simply put their diary away and said, let's arrange it when we're both less busy. Although they still frequently saw the neighbour and they liked each other, every time they mentioned making a date, they said the neighbour either said they they would do that another time or they rapidly changed the subject. And so clearly, from their perspective, the enemy was at work and clearly the pastor was needed. What do you think was happening? I wonder. How would you respond? This is what I did. And before you go searching, it is no one in this church that this happened to. I pointed out to them that the words that we're a church and still love each other, that we care for each other, may have been on their lips, but in putting everything else before being with their church family, before taking that person who they had asked, who was seeking to church, including putting a cooked breakfast in the way, their actions spoke volumes that their words did not. Real love costs. So my question for you this morning is, are you prepared to pay the cost? Real love Costs. If there is real love for God, as Jesus says, if you love God with all your heart and soul and mind, then we will inevitably show real love to our neighbours. Because God's love overflows and it's infectious. I want to be infected with God's love. What about you? Let's all catch an infection this morning. Not any of the nasty ones. 
but the real, honest, truthful love of Jesus Christ. The criterion of whether love for God is real is whether or not it's reflected in our relationship with others. So the truth is, it's really easy to come here and say, I will love my neighbour and over coffee go gossip about them. It's really easy to say, I stand with you, brother, and then walk down the streets and say, I'm going nowhere near him. It is really easy to do that. Real love, God's love, costs. And this is where you start paying. Are you prepared to pay the price? There's a story, which is supposed to be true, about a struggling artist who uh, took one of his paintings to be evaluated by a world-renowned artist who served as his mentor. Both of those artists are atheists, and the painting was one of the face of Jesus, of Christ. The older artist looked at the painting for a few minutes, and then he said this to this budding student. If you love Jesus more, you would paint him better. So the truth is, we love because we are supposed to paint the world with the love of Jesus Christ. Our lives are supposed to paint a picture to the world. But does yours? Because when people look at that picture that we paint, they see Christ. Do you love? And you can't do that by following a set of rules. Hallelujah. No pharisaical way here. It's the way of grace, friends. You can only do it by loving him with everything you have. Loving him with everything you are. Loving him, loving him with everything you say. Loving him with everything you think. And loving him with everything you do. And nothing else will do. Now that, if we determine to do it this morning, will bring this church into real unity. And when this church is in unity, the solid spiritual food will be poured out on the church. But only when we pay the cost of love. Real solid food, real church unity. But by the by, that's another sermon altogether. Amen. Let's pray, friends. Lord, I stand before you as one that is just one. On my own behalf, and yes, Lord, on behalf of us as church. I long to love with the depth of your love. And this morning, Lord, I simply come before you and say, I'll pay the cost. If that's your prayer in your heart, can I invite you to come either in silence or just to whisper those words to your Lord? This morning, I determine to pay the cost. Father God, take the prayers of our hearts, the meditation of our minds, the word of our lips, and be glorified, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's all very good, well and good saying we love, but sometimes there's a moment we need to practically demonstrate it, and it's easy to do this morning. I don't invite you to cause a mayhem, a chaos, and a, and a, a cacophony of noise. I want you to go and simply share the peace with each other. Now that might mean you have to go from one side of the church to the other. That's okay. And if you end up in a different, a different seat after we've done this, that's also all right. I promise, but I promise, but I promise, there'll be time to go and get you, your, own, your own stuff and go for a coffee. But please... Don't just give the peace to those that are around you. Go and make this a church thing, as we literally use it as an act of stand, to stand and say, we love.
Can I invite you to go and share the peace of the Lord with each other? The peace of the Lord be with you. Hallelujah. Go and share the peace together. And don't forget, don't leave out the band or me. Friends, can I invite you just to take a seat where you are? Don't have to go back to your own seat. Can I, can I just, as I say, invite you to find a seat? Okay, can I invite you to take a seat? If your name's Lorraine and you play the keyboard, can I invite you to go back to the... Thank you, Lorraine. <laughs> As you gather, regather, get back to your seat. We're going to end with some worship. So, Lord, as a blessing, we bring you the most dangerous prayer of the morning. Build your kingdom here. Change the atmosphere. And, Lord, we do so in the full knowledge that you will be true to your word. Show us, Lord, how to love like you love. And build your kingdom. For your sake and in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, dear church, for joining us in prayer and praise and worship and all the rest of it this morning. Can I invite you to do one more thing in love? If you want to stay, I know there are a few people that have come to me and said they want prayer. Can we respect that? If you want to stay in here, that's fine. We will pray for you and with you. If you want to catch up on with your friends, please can I invite you to go and find a room or go into the hall and have tea and coffee. Lastly, but not leastly, okay, can I ask a question, who's got a picnic? Okay, we seem to have got to a situation whereby we thought the picnics were starting this week. The notices, they say they're going to start next week. So basically, next week it is. <laughs> okay, because the, the, the weather here about two o'clock is a little dodgy on the local forecast.
So sorry about that. If you've got a picnic and you want to come and join me in Lorraine, well, then back of the garden at the mansion is. But otherwise, <laughs> the picnic down at Blenheim Gardens is cancelled, but we'll pick it up next week. Hope that makes sense. Thank you, friends. Lovely to have worshipped with you. To leave a comment, please go to mindhead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.